The coronavirus has the stock market on a roller coaster. How worried should we be? Should we cut our losses and take money out? Or could this be a buying opportunity? We will get into it with co-host Julian Saunders of the award-winning Rich and Regular blog, making his debut as a thought leader as we launch into season three of Money with Friends. Welcome to the Money with Friends podcast. I am certified financial planner, Bobby Rebel, host of the Financial Grown-Up podcast, coming to you from my very grown-up kitchen in New York City. And good morning. I'm Julian Saunders, blogger, content creator, and one half of Rich and Regular, coming to you live from my dining room table in Atlanta, Georgia. This is the Money News Show that includes commentary on recent headlines and stories with thought leaders from across the financial landscape, like Rich and Regular's Julian Saunders. We break those stories down into what matters to you, our friends, and we leave you with a takeaway to make it your own. Thanks to Round for supporting Money with Friends. Round is a digital consultant that gets members direct access to premium investments. With Round, your money is actively invested with Wall Street's top fund managers. Open a Round account today to access Forbes' number one rated app for high-end investment management. Head to investround.com forward slash MWF for more. Julian. Hi, how are you? So excited to have you here. We actually first met at a conference called FinCon through our mutual friend, Aaron Lowry, aka Broke Millennial, who is also going to be part of our season three cast here at Money with Friends. Yes, we did. I remember because we wiped the floor with J.D. Roth and Paula Pant and some of our other friends. I think it was like a family, it was like a financial family. It was Fidelity Financial Feud. Yes, it felt so good to just wipe the floor with those guys. It was great. <laughs> You're very competitive, aren't you, Julian? I think so. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm coming to grips with that this morning. <laughs> we were talking about this before, and I had no memory of who won, who did what. And Julian was like, oh, no, we won. We, we definitely won. Did. I remember, you know, I think I just, I must not have won a lot as a kid. And so <laughs> now it's like, oh my gosh, I don't care if it's just a teddy bear. I'm like, you know, I'm holding it up like I won a teddy bear. Well, you won, you've been winning a lot with Rich and Regular. You won, you won two years in a row, different Plutus Awards. So congratulations on that. I mean, that is no small feat to come in first more than, and more than once. Tell us about I Rich know. and Regular. You know, thank you so much. Yeah. So in 2018, we won Best New Personal Finance Blog. And last year, we won Best Blog or Blog of the Year, I should say. Uh, so it's been fantastic. You know, we really just try to tell honest stories about our life and money. Um, and now we're trying to tell other people's stories. And so it's just been a really great ride. And, um, you know, I, I almost want to quit while I'm ahead because I don't, I don't know. Don't where quit on us now. Go. You're just beginning. <laughs> I love it. Well, this is really cool because, you know, we've been asked to do a podcast and I always say, you know, the only thing better than having a podcast is having a friend with podcasts. Aww. And so here we are and I don't have to do any of the technical stuff. I can <laughs> pass that off to Bobby and I just need to show up and remember to take a shower. Well, we're looking, we're looking forward to hearing more of your wisdom and brilliance and perspective on all these different money related issues. On that note, let's see which one of our friends is going to bring us into our headline. This is Andy from Derby, Vermont. The money talking party starts now. It's time for Money with Friends. All right, Julian, you got this. This is uh, published in USA Today via Arizona Republic. Absolutely. So this is by Russ Wiles. Coronavirus and stocks outbreak is risky for health, but probably not your portfolio. So here's a couple snippets from the article. 
With the stock market still hovering near record highs, it doesn't take much for traders to get nervous. This explains some of the recent sharp selling sparked, at least in part, by anxiety over the spreading coronavirus within China and to other countries. The roughly 1.5% tumble on January 27th was the steepest down day for U.S. stocks in almost half a year. It coincided with news reports that companies from Disney and Starbucks to Ford and Apple were closing stores, suspending business travel or otherwise slowing or halting operations in affected areas of Wuhan, center of the outbreak, and other Chinese cities. Carriers such as British Airways have curtailed flights. The market lost more ground January 31st amid rising health warnings. The outbreak could remain in the news for months, if not longer, creating more market jitters. The China angle is significant given the country's expanded trade ties and supply chain connections with the U.S. and other Western nations. But while the headlines are worrisome and societal health risks elevated, history suggests that the virus won't have a lasting influence on the investment backdrop. Health outbreaks have pushed down stock prices before, but such scares don't exert a permanent impact. Long-term investors are often best served by not making rash moves or any moves based on these types of developments. And it says in study of prior health scares, J. Reed Murphy, chief investment officer at Calamos Wealth Management in Naperville, Illinois, looked at the market's reaction to 15 prior epidemics and pandemics dating back to 1957, measured by the performance of the Standard & Poor's 500 index, including dividends. The health scare list included flus, fevers, smallpox outbreak, plague, Ebola, cholera, and other viruses. Two of the more recent and notable examples were swine flu pandemic that lasted from early 2009 to late 2010 and the outbreak of SARS or severe acute respiratory syndrome in 2002 and 2003. Okay, this is important. On average, stock prices were up 9.9%, roughly 12 months after an outbreak, in line with the historic yearly performance of the U.S. market. Murphy's conclusion is that the stock market invariably recovers from the negative symptoms sparked by medical emergencies. Quote, the health scares usually led to favorable performance within 12 months or so of an outbreak. What do you think, Julian? Uh, It's fascinating. Uh, And it actually, you know, I remember SARS. I remember Ebola and all of these other things that were really uh, had people in a... um, in, in in a panic, you know, and even outside of just what do we do financially, it's it's, it's a pretty scary thing. So, um, I, I, in a way, I'm comforted by the fact that there is a silver lining here from a financial perspective, knowing that the markets rebound. But uh, what do you think, Bobby? Well, I think you know you make a really good point that if we put this in historical context. It's not cause for panic. And look, we as we taped this um, last weekend, the market was down. Last week, I should say, the market did have some serious downturns. As we tape it, um, the market is up. So we don't know what we don't know, and it is a factor. But you know, later on, the article goes on to talk. The big worry here, I think, is China because our economy is so dependent on China. Um, or tied a lot to China. And it does go on to say, while China's economy is larger than it was during past outbreaks centered in the country, Murphy said he didn't think the U.S. is especially vulnerable in terms of potential export losses, supply chain disruptions, and other business fallout. So that's really the thing that people are worried about is how tied are we to China and how much will this affect our economy here in the United States? So it is complicated because of global trade. And that is something that, you know, in different time spans can have different impacts depending on how dependent we are on the economies of other countries. 
Yeah, well, you know, I'm chiming in here from Atlanta, home of Delta Airlines, and I want to say I read an article that they were either suspending or preparing to suspend flights to Delta. So it's it's oh, flights to China. Uh, so it is certainly serious. I don't know if, if there's a precedent there or not um, with some of these other outbreaks that we've seen, but it's certainly serious enough for some of these companies to start halting flights. Exactly. So they are taking real action, preventative action. Um, we taped this live in front of a Facebook Live audience, so I want to give a quick shout out to some of our friends that are joining us. We have Kimberly here, we have Ron here, we have Dylan here, and we also include our Instagram audience. We asked them some questions in advance of the show to kind of get the pulse of what our friends were thinking, okay. one of which was a poll. Um, and we asked our Instagram audience, by the way, you guys can follow us on Instagram at Money Friends Pod. We said to them, stocks have been lower because of fears tied to the economic impact of the coronavirus. Is it a valid concern or an overreaction? And the choices were legit concern or overreaction. So Julian, not knowing the answers of this, what do you think our audience said? What percentage said overreaction? Let's put it that way. Uh, I presume most of your audience does not work for the CDC. And so I'm going to say uh, they were they thought it was a legit concern, 30%. 30% is a legit concern. So 70% yeah. would have said overreaction. So yeah. you were very close in terms of the mood. I mean, they we got a lot of respondents to this. Overreaction was at 83%. But I think, I think that's a win okay. for you. I know you're competitive. But I think that you clearly <laughs> were correct that it was the majority said overreaction. Um, overreaction. So, yeah. and and I think that's proving true. The fact that stocks, as we tape this, have certainly rebounded from the losses that we felt in the last week of January. So um, we also asked our Facebook Live audience to tell us more about their answers. You have some of those answers, Julian. I do. Let me see if I can pull it up here. Um, here we go. Debt-free millennial said, nope, still will buy global ETFs and Aussie ones. I'm investing for the long term. Kudos to you, debt free millennial, long term focus. You've got probably 40 to 50 years to, uh, to think about. So, yeah, I hear you in terms of being focused on the long term here. Uh, here's another one from Indie Cool Chick. I think I know her. Hmm. Um, people should be more worried about the flu and the unvaccinated in the United States. That is a Really interesting and good point. That's probably another show in and of itself, but yes. um, love that. Um, and looks like Sarah here said, I'm playing the long game. Coronavirus is a temporary thing. I hope you're right. I hope it is temporary. I hope it's over, in fact. Um, but I hear you. It looks like we've got some long-term investors uh, that are that are following us. <laughs> Ron just chimed in and said, did someone say sale? Mm. Yeah, I, I, I hear you. That is a good point. I mean, the truth is that if you do have money on the sidelines and you do believe that this is a temporary setback for stocks, these kind of knee-jerk reactions, if in fact it does long-term prove to be that, which I, I my sense is that based on what we're reading, that is the what's going to happen. This could be an opportunity to get in. Um, but again, the market's already rebounded. I mean, this is a roller coaster, not a plunge. That's what's happening so far. So, um, But the story is still evolving. It's constantly developing. So we'll see. I also want to just add in the article... It says the bottom line is that health emergencies often are greatly overshadowed by other developments. For example, the SARS outbreak came during the bursting of and recovery from the tech stock bubble, while the swine flu pandemic coincided with the market's bottoming and early rebound from the Great Recession. So these are the point of that really, I think, is that these are just individual factors. These aren't necessarily the only thing that's happening. There are so many different components to what drives the stock market. 
Absolutely. I think we just got to zoom out a little bit, look at the big picture and look at that with respect to some of the other things, really positive things that are happening. Um, and as you said, the, uh, the evidence is there. And so we always tend to rebound and hopefully this case is no different. Exactly. All right. Before we get to our takeaways, um, let's take a minute and talk about how you're managing your money right now, because it is a good time when you hear about different um, factors like this virus that could be impacting the market, could impact the U.S. economy, to think about how you're managing your money. And lots of people think about doing the right thing. They think that they are they have a good intention, but their actual actual portfolio could use some work. And that is where our sponsor, Round, comes in. Round is a digital investment consultant that gets members direct access to premium investments. With Round, your money is actively invested with Wall Street's top fund managers. That means investing with fund managers who can strategically reallocate your money during market volatility. They also get your money exposure to alternative asset classes, the ones you've been meaning to invest in but haven't had the time to research. Maybe you have a job, Julian. I don't know. Instead of dealing with financial advisors looking out for their own bottom line, they're looking out for yours. In fact, here is something that might surprise you. Round even waives their fee if your returns turn up negative in a given month. That is how sure they are. You can open a round account today to access Forbes' number one rated app for high-end investment management. Head to investround.com forward slash MWF for details. And to get started, that is investround.com forward slash MWF. And please be sure to use our link so that they know that we sent you. All right, Julian, it is time for the takeaways. Do you want to go first or do you want to have the final word? Uh, I will go first since I think yours will likely be far more profound. Than oh, mine. don't say that. You're um, competitive. I'm, I think you're going first because you want to set the bar really high. I'm sandbagging. Totally <laughs> sandbagging here. Uh, so I think, you know, if you're a seasoned pro, if you are an experienced investor, and I know uh, several people who are doing that, you know, I think Ron mentioned it. This You're probably seeing it as a sale. This is a great opportunity to jump in and to sit back and allow that money to uh, come back into your portfolio really, really quickly. And so kudos to you and those who are able to do that. But I think for those of us who are regular 401k uh, investors, you've got a nest egg that's sitting in the IRA. This is not the time to panic, nor is it the time to rush and have that quick uh, mandatory meeting with your financial advisor so that we can talk about how to reallocate your funds. I think it's something, it's way too soon uh, to make those kinds of reactions. But what do you think, Bob? I think that's a lot of wisdom. I, I'm tempted to just say ditto. And to some degree, that is my takeaway, but I will read it because I've prepared it. And everyone that is a regular listener knows I love to prepare. So my takeaway is that this is another don't time the market. If you have money on the sidelines and we're looking for an in, well, okay. But the data shows what most of us already know. For the most part, these are knee-jerk reactions. That said, let's get real. This might not be the best time to invest in businesses that are dependent on China. But of course, individual decision. I'm not giving you specific investment advice there. Just think about it. Julian, rich and regular. All right, we've already established that it is a multiple award-winning blog. Tell us what else is going on. There's a lot. People can even see you in person soon. Yeah, yeah. We're really excited. So we were really fortunate. We were in Auburn, Alabama, University of Auburn in January. Uh, we were invited back in February to speak at a diversity conference there. Uh, there will be leaders of diversity organizations across the country, across multiple industries. We're really excited about introducing the FIRE movement um, from a standpoint of what impact this has uh, on them as uh, recruiting and, and retaining people. So the, the big question we're asking them is, how do you lead a financially 
empowered workforce or uh, increasingly financially empowered workforce. And so that's our big question that we're going to be asking them next week. Uh, so we're really excited about that and a few other speaking gigs that I can't quite share yet, but it's really exciting. Ooh, stay tuned. Yeah. And- Definitely everyone go. Oh, and by the way, let's just explain what the fire movement is, because that's a big part of what you talk about. Sure. You and your wife. It's a movement of people uh, online around the world and really in person that have uh, are willing to manage their money differently. And so instead of investing smaller amounts, let's say standard five, 10 percent over a 30, 40 year career, uh, many of us are choosing to invest upwards of 50, 70 percent over a shorter period of time so that they can be in a position to earn income off of their portfolio and draw down. Some of them choose to keep working, but they're doing it from a very different position. Others choose to focus their time and energy on uh, creating positive social change. Some do all of the above, but it's really an opportunity and a movement of people that are taking greater control of their financial lives. And it's been uh, fantastic to be a part of that movement and community over the last couple of years. Well, we look forward to learning more about you and about the FIRE movement and all things rich and regular. Um, And everyone can learn more about Julian and our other season three cast by going to our website, moneywithfriendspodcast.com. You can also follow us on social media on both Twitter and Instagram at moneyfriendspod. And stay close to Instagram stories if you want to get a shout out on the show and answer some of our questions. And what am I forgetting? I don't know. Oh, I know. You're coming back tomorrow, Julian. We're going to be talking about uh, when it gets too expensive to work. I wonder what reason that could be. How's that for a teaser? Hmm. Anyone that uh, has a human alarm clock. Mm, (laughs) I like that. Yeah, knows exactly what we're referring to. So I'm looking forward to that conversation. Awesome. Big thanks again to our Facebook Live audience, Catherine, Ron, I see Dylan, um, Kimberly. Um, Thanks all for joining us. Thanks to everyone who participated in our Instagram poll. And we will see you tomorrow on Money with Friends. Bye, everyone. This show is created and hosted by Joe Saul Cihai and Bobby Rebel, and is a joint venture of BRK Media LLC and Stacking Benjamins LLC, copyright 2019. Taylor Eichenberg engineered this show and Ashley Wall is the producer. For a list of our friends who appear on the podcast, head to our website, moneywithfriendspodcast.com. You can also check out our schedule for upcoming recording sessions so you can join us and be part of the show. As with anything, remember you shouldn't take advice from any of us or any other video or podcast without first talking to your financial advisor and that the people in this episode are here for your and their entertainment purposes only. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and we'll see you back here next time with another episode of Money with Friends.